What's going on, everybody? Can I tell you guys something? So recently, I'm a big anime fan. Recently, I watched two animes. Demon Slayer, my cousin told me, like, dude, you gotta check this out. You're gonna love it. I checked it out. Guess what? I loved it. And then recently, I just finished watching the second half of the final. I put it in air quotation marks. The final season of Attack on Titan. First of all, why are the creators doing this to me? Why are they making me wait another year to watch the final half? Hmm? I thought part two was going to be the last half, but now you're calling it the final season slash the final arc part three? Come on. I already know how it ends. I already read how it ends. For those who haven't, I'm not going to spoil it, but come on, bro. Like, why are you prolonging this process? I, and the final arc, the only thing I will say is it's nine chapters of material left. So I wonder if that's going to translate into ten episodes. How many episodes are they going to translate into, huh? Hmm? Hmm? Tell me. I'm not very happy right now. It's not that I'm mad, but I'm not happy that they're making me wait a whole year to watch the end. Even though I know how it ends. Even though I know how it ends. Because I read it. But I'm still not very happy you're making me wait a whole year to watch the ending of this story. Which at the end of the day, the only thing I will say is that it's a love story. So I got for you guys, episode 46. Coming your way now, deuces. What's going on, everybody? We are back. Episode 46. Looking at the MMA landscape through my eyes. I'm Adrian. I told you I would be back on a regular basis. So it is Wednesday. Actually, it's Monday, but by the time you hear this, it's going to be Wednesday. So let's get right into it. With the MMA landscape right now being bleak, what I mean by bleak is there's not really a whole lot going on because they took a week off. There was no MMA fights this weekend from a major organization. My uncle texted me the other day, who fought yesterday? I'm like, nobody. So there was no fights? I'm like, nope. I was watching WrestleMania. It was lit. Lit, I tell you, lit. Anyway, let's get into it. UFC 273 this Saturday. You got Alexander Volkanovsky versus Korean Zombie. You got Aljamain Sterling versus Peter No Mercy Yan. You got Gilbert Burns, Dorinho versus the Wolf Hamza Chimaev. You got Mackenzie Dern versus Tisha Torres. You got Alexei Olenek versus 
Jared Vendetta. You got Aspen Lamb versus Raquel Pennington. Ian Gary, the future, versus Darian Weeks. Anthony Hernandez versus Josh Vermeed. Razinha Rosenstrike versus Marching Tiburro. Mickey Gall versus Mike Malat. Julio Arch versus Daniel Santos. Mark Madsen versus Vince Pichel. Pierre Rodriguez versus Kate Hansen. Piera, Piera Rodriguez, sorry. That main card is stacked. I mean, first of all, you got the number two pound for pound guy in the main event in Alexander Wolkanovsky. Like, when are we going to stop putting respect on this guy's name? Hmm? He was going to fight Max for a third time. Unfortunately, Max got hurt. And then they moved it a month later because of the whole Masvidal Colby thing. And then it became a big confusion. Max like, I'm ready to step in. And then Volk started talking some smack. But then Volk re- backtracked his words. Like, yeah, I shouldn't have said those things because of the situation. But we got the Korean zombie, man. That guy's no slouch whatsoever. They call him zombie for a reason. He keeps coming. See, I cannot wait to see what happens because it's easy for me to tell you, oh, Volk's got him on the ground, but Zombie's got some hands. What if he catches him on the feet and knocks him out? You never know. You don't know. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but you just don't know what's going to happen here. Then you got Aljamain Sterling versus Peter Yan. I believe this is the fight that's attracting everybody because of how the first fight ended and the amount of smack these guys are talking to each other. Aljamain Sterling saying he's going to bury Peter. And then Peter saying, no, you're not because I finally landed in the U.S. and I'm ready to whip your ass. And then the other piece of drama going into this fight in particular is Peter. I don't, I don't know the situation on Peter's corner. I reached out to his manager. I got nothing back. So I don't know the situation with Peter's corner. He doesn't seem too worried about it. So we'll see what happens. I honestly believe Peter Yan is the best 135-pounder on the planet right now. I don't see anybody better than him other than Umar Nurmagomedov. But at this point, I don't know if Umar's fighting at featherweight. Talking about that, I heard... Where did I hear that? I heard... What's that guy's name? Ma- Zabit Magomed Sharipov is coming back in July. I don't remember against who. I'll find out for you guys right now. But I heard he's coming back. So if that's true, that's crazy. Zabit Magomed Sharipov is back in training and could return to the Ultimate Fighting Championship soon, according to his manager. That's very good news for his fans. I've been waiting to see him fight again since he beat Calvin Cater. Yeah, that has not aged poorly because of how good Calvin Cater looks. But no, I saw somewhere a picture of Zabit fighting in July. I don't remember against who. But keep a look at that he's fighting in July. That's going to drive me nuts. I saw this somewhere. I just can't remember where. But Zabit's coming back. 
that guy, he injects new life into the division, right? Because what ends up happening... Oh, here here it is. Zabi Magomedsharipov is back and will be taking on Yair Rodriguez at UFC 276 on July 2nd, per sources. This is Zabi's first fight since November 9th, 2019, where he faced Calvin Cater and won by decision. This is the fight that caused me to give Zabit a lot of, I mean, not Zabit, Yair, like, a lot of criticism because, again, this was more when I was incompetent, but I don't know what was going on behind the scenes. They tried to book this fight over and over again. It's like Tony Ferguson versus Habib, but we'll see what happens, man. If this is true, and I'll go back to the... What I was saying about UFC 273 earlier. If this is true, if this fight's really gonna take place, Zabi and Yair, two things are gonna happen here. First of all, Zabi's not even ranked because he's been so long since he's fought, but Yair's number three. Although I did hear that they were trying to do Brian Ortega and Yair, so. I don't know how true this is. I've reached out to Yair's managers. I might reach out to Brian's managers later today. But if this is true, Zabit wins. He's in the mix. Would I want to see him fight Ortega after that? I would like to see it. Because there's a lot of mystery surrounding Zabit's sudden departure, right? Like. There was rumors that he was hurt, rumors that he just didn't want to fight anymore because his brother's in Bellator, so he wanted to help his brother. So I don't know, man. I'm just excited. I hope this is real and it's not fake because there's a bunch of fake accounts going around. You see, and the the guy reporting this is Peter Janstan, and he doesn't seem like a reliable source because his bio is Magomed Akilaya feature king. Peter Jan is the number one pound for pound. So I don't even know if this is true or this is just a parody account. I hope it's true. So take that with a grain of salt. Let's see. Yeah, see, they're saying it's fake. Yeah, it's, it's a fake report because it's a parody account. So, it's fake. The beat's not coming back. At least not against Yair. Maybe he will come back against somebody else. Because I did hear they're going to do Yair versus Brian Ortega. There's another topic I had, like, because there, there was this other account on Instagram that had posted Hamza Hurt out of fight with Gilbert. And, like, people read that, and they believe it. And then if I would have looked at the account more. See, look, right here, breaking Hamza has pulled out. Uh,
there's a bunch of these um, fake accounts just trying to rile people up. But it's funny to me, but at the same time, I, when I get when it happens to me, I get upset because I get excited for these fights. Anyway, back to what I was saying. So if Umar stays at 145. Peter Young's the best 135 pounder. He beats everybody. He beats everybody. He beats Aldra, in my opinion. He'll beat TJ. He already beat Jose. He already beat Corey. He'll beat Rob. Him and Rob the Wallace really will be a good fight. I bet he beats Dominic Cruz. For me, he beats um, Marlon Vera. Pedro Munoz, yup. Song Yudong, yup. Frankie Edgar, yes. Ricky Simone. See you later. Sean O'Malley. These guys are gonna fight eventually. Marlon Moraes, yes. Rafael Sansel. Sure. There's nobody in the top 15 right now at Bantamweight, I believe, beats Peter Young. Nobody. Because Peter Yan, the only reason he's not champion right now is because he did an illegal move. He has nobody but to blame but himself. You can say, oh, well, Aljo was playing it up. Doesn't matter. Aljo was in all his right not to continue. That was a hard need to. You could see the light in Aljo's eyes. They were out. Does not matter that we people are complaining. You go and fight and let. Peter Young knee you like that. See if you're going to get up and fight. I guarantee you that guy was out on his feet. Like he was conscious, but he was out. And then people say it's because he could hear the ref. I guarantee you he did not. He, he doesn't even remember. I guarantee he doesn't hear the ref because I guarantee he has a concussion. I guarantee it. So this lack on Aldermaine Sterling has got to stop. Because you can see it in his face. That guy was not all there once he got kneed in the face. So, April 9th, they get to do it again. See what happens. Gilbert Durinho Burns versus Hamza Bojas Chimaev or the Wolf. I like calling him the Wolf. Bro, I'm so excited for this fight. Like Hamza, because I'm. A, let's be honest here. The Diaz brothers, the they're on their way out. They're on their way out. I don't know if Nick's gonna fight again. And Nate's already saying he's ready to retire, so they're on their way out. This guy's gonna become my new favorite fighter. I mean, come on, guys. How is he not your favorite fighter yet? Can you imagine if he beats Gilbert in one hit like he did Gerald Mearshart? Or if he takes him down and just absolutely controls him? I mean, Gilbert Burns is the ADCC black belt. ADCC champion. I better stop saying that without looking it up. But I'm pretty sure he's been in ADCC. 
Let's see, ADCC Worlds in 2015, he got third. IBJJF, Nogi World Champion. Okay, so I better stop saying he's ADCC Champion because he's a bronze medalist there, but still, that's good. 2015 wasn't so long ago. Well, can you imagine Hamza takes him down and just blasts him and probably, if he chokes him out, I heard he's a blue belt. If he chokes him out, he gets his purple belt. I guarantee you, if he wins by submission, we're going to hear Hamza Chimayev got promoted to purple belt. I don't know who his jiu-jitsu coach is, but I heard he was a blue belt. Or even if he knocks him, like, if he wins in devastating fashion and he makes Gilbert Burns look how he's made his past UFC opponents, can you deny him a title shot? Like, honestly, can we deny Hamza Chimayev a title shot if he... If he smokes Gilbert the way he's been smoking the competition. Can we? I don't think we can. Because if you do that, you um, you question the hierarchy of the division because he's number two, right? Although Hamzat's number 11. I don't know if the problem became that nobody wanted to fight Hamzat or Gilbert just wanted to fight Hamzat because of all the... Love the UFC is showing him. I don't know. But this fight is going to be one for the ages. Trust me on that. Trust me on that one. Is there any other cool fight on here that we could talk about? Mackenzie Dern is going to fight Tisha Torres. I'm really excited for Ian, Ian Geary. Gary. The future. I'm really excited for that guy's fight. I'm definitely going to be watching that. I'm excited for Vince Pichel. Can't wait. UFC 273 this weekend. And it's at the Viastar Arena. The one that hosted Jorge Madrigal versus Usman 2. They're the ones that hosted the first three UFC events when the pandemic started. Let's see what happens, man. Moving on. So, we all remember Kayla Harrison. She was going to be the top free agent. And we all assumed she was either going to go to Bellator or UFC. Nope. That didn't happen. You know why? Because even though Bellator was in a good position to sign her, PFL had the right to match the offer, and they did. So now... Kayla has re-signed with Bellator, and for this year, she's going to do the tournament again. So she's guaranteed four fights. What's interesting, because it's a multi-fight contract, what's interesting is next year. Next year is when it gets interesting. After this season, she's going to become a pay-per-view exclusive. According to SB Nation, this is about Kayla Harrison. Ultimately, after testing free agency water, two-time lightweight champion Harrison and the PFL reached a deal that will see her participate once more in the seasonal tournament format. From there, she will be an exclusive to PFL upcoming pay-per-view events. 
When the promotion announced Harrison's return to the company, they also teased the addition of a brand new pay-per-view super fight series. Davis shared that the platform will be for those highly talented athletes who may not be so keen on fighting through a season of MMA and are perhaps better economically served as pay-per-view. My only problem with this is who are they planning to sign that's going to make people want to buy this, right? Like, the only ones able to do it, because Bellator tried it, and they, they failed horribly. They tried it back, I want, I'm going to look it up, but I want to say 2016. 2017. So, it was it was stacked, right? I, I believe it was Bellator's first time fighting in New York. And they stacked the heck out of that card, bro. I mean, they stacked it so high that their feature prelim was a title fight. And it's still bombed on pay-per-view. Oh, okay. The main event was Chelsea and Vanderlei Silva. The co-main was Mamitrion versus Fedor Emelianenko. Brett Primus. Fought Michael Chandler, which was a title fight. That's Friedman beat Aaron Pico, and Douglas Lima beats Lawrence Larkin. And then on the prelims, they had Ryan Bader fight Phil Davis, which was for a belt. They called that Bellator 180. I mean, come on, bro. That was the prelims. <laughs> And then they had James Gallagher fight Chinzo Machida. I don't know if that's any relation to Lioto. I don't know if that's his brother. And remember Heather Hardy? They were really high on her. She beat Alice Yeager. And then Ryan Couture fought on the prelims. The point is... This card was stacked, and according to this, the buy rate was only 130000 It bombed on pay-per-view. Like, my point is, what is PFL? Who does PA? Who are they going to have a fight? Julia, Julia Budd? Julia Budd is going to be in the tournament this year. So if, if they both make it, or depending on the scene, they're going to fight. Like, who are you guys going to get? Are you guys going to have Cyborg sign a one-off deal? Are you and Scott Coker speaking behind the scenes? Are you guys talking to Paradigm Management to see if they could talk to Bellator? Like, who are you going to get? To have me invest in trying to watch these fights. 
Because I honestly don't know how... Be- I'm, I was going to say... I don't know how PFL is doing with just the tournament format. Like, I want to know... Uh, is PFL promising Kayla Harrison empty promises? They're saying all these things, but they themselves don't know if it's going to come to fruition. Can Can somebody tell me that? Because... You can't answer my one call. Like, who are you guys going to get in order to get the fans invested? Who are you going to get in order to get them not only pay for the ESPN Plus subscription, but go that extra mile like the UFC has been able to do and get them to pay for pay-per-view? Like, this Saturday, I'm excited. Peter Yan, Aljamain Sterling, Alex Volkanovsky. Korean Zombie, because I'm invested in those names. Who are you guys going to bring that's going to help Kayla Harrison help us care? Because she is running through these girls. On Kayla's part, I heard she's making seven figures. Good on you, girl. But against the PFL, who are you going to bring to have the audience invested? Because that's the only key component. If you can figure that out. You'll have a successful business. And Bellator's talking about having AJ McKee being their next pay-per-view star. How? He's in the champion's clause. Last time I spoke to his manager, he has not signed a new deal. And his fight's happening in two weeks. Can you guys tell me that? How are you planning on having this guy be a pay-per-view star? Who is he going to fight? If he runs through Pitbull again, what are you going to have him do? Fight Patriki? What if he runs through Patriki? What if he goes, you know what? I don't want to sign a new deal. I'm out of here. Even if I take a pay cut in the UFC, I'm going to show him the best in the world. He goes to the UFC. What if he runs through those guys? He becomes the best in the world. Imagine him running through Alex Volkanovsky. I can't imagine that, but imagine it happens. It's not that I can't imagine it happening, but it coming out of my mouth sounds surreal, but can you imagine them actually putting that fight together? Like, that's the one thing Bellator, PFL, even one, that's what they're missing. Like, they don't have stars to make us care. So how are you going to make us care, PFL? Do I blame Kayla for not um, signing with Bellator or UFC? On a financial standpoint, no. She's making way more money here. And a lot of people say, yeah, but legacy, legacy. I'm going to tell you guys something. Legacy doesn't pay the bills. That cheddar, cheddar, cheddar cheese does, bro. She's looking out for herself. It's cool. I don't mind. See, the the article goes on to say, in regards to the perfect dance partners for Harrison, there are only two in the mind of Davis. It's Bellator featherweight champion Chris Cyborg or UFC title holder Amanda Nunes for the two-time Olympic gold medalist. And she's alongside Davis have been vocal but their willingness to make these type of bouts happen. The former, with Cyborg being all the more realistic due to Bellator's general openness to collaborate with competitors. Then there's the possibility of 
the champion departing when she expected to be a free agent in the summer. I didn't know that. Chris Cyborg's going to be a free agent in the summer? Well, that goes to show you what I know. But let's be honest here, bro. You think Scott Coker's going to let her go? Do you think Scott Coker will let her go? I don't. Does it make her more realistic? Okay, let me go one off with PFL. Yes. But not that Amanda Nunes, right? Especially if Juliana Pena beats her again. Because they're fighting this summer. So we'll see what happens. That cyborg fight seems more realistic now because of that piece of information I just read. And they've been popping back and forth against each other on social media. So we'll see. But yeah, I don't blame Kayla Harrison whatsoever. Let's move on to Bellator 277. It's going to be the return, right? Bellator last was on the air March 12th. They come back April 15th. With one of the bigger cards of the year. They return to Scott Coker's former home base. Of the SAP Center in San Jose. Because that's where Strikeforce will hold all their big events. As AJ McKee takes on Patricio Pitbull. This will be AJ's first fight under the champion's clause. So he's betting on himself man. Vadim Nemkov will fight Corey Anderson in the light heavyweight Grand Prix Finals. Or in Pico. We'll fight Jeremy Kennedy. Timothy Johnson fights Linton Vassell. And then Holly and Gracie fights Tyson Miller. Are you guys excited for this AJ McKee fight? I am. Although I will say this. I think a lot of people are. Because of how the first fight went. I think a lot of people are counting out Patricio Pitbull. I'm not. This is going to be a great fight. I will tell you that much. I don't know if AJ could run through him the way he did the first time. But if he does, you know what AJ should do after this fight? If he's really still under the champion's class? He should lay back, lay back, and be like, look, I got one, two, three more months left. If you guys aren't going to show me the money, I'm going to go talk to Dana. Dana doesn't show me the money, I'm going to go talk to PFL. PFL don't show me the money, I'm going to go talk to one. Whoever gives me the best offer out of you four, that's where I'm going. So, Chatri, I don't think it's Ray Seppo. What's this guy's name? Don Day. So, if I'm Chatri Citrotong... Don Davis, Scott Coker, Dana White. This guy is a hot commodity. I'm talking about AJ McKee here. This guy is a hot commodity. You show him the money. There's this rumor that Dana doesn't like his dad. Doesn't like AJ's dad, Antonio McKee. I don't From what I heard, it's because he would train Rampage and... There was a situation between AJ and Dana when AJ was a little kid. 
but don't let that get in the way of this. This guy's a mega star. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? I heard AJ wants to go to lightweight. Can you imagine AJ versus Du Bronx? Can you imagine AJ versus Justin Gaethje? Can you imagine AJ versus Mike Chandler? Can you imagine AJ versus Alexander Volkanovsky? Brian or if if you can have this guy at both divisions, the possibilities are endless. Again, it goes back to what I was saying earlier. Those are names I care about. You guys have made me believe in AJ. You haven't made me believe in anybody else. The only other guy I believe in that division is Patricio Pitbull. And we're about to get match number two on Showtime in two weeks. So how is he going to be a pay-per-view star in Bellator? Huh? Who else am I going to care about? And don't bring me some guy that was in the UFC unless he was on a winning streak and gave Dana White the burn and said, I'm going to go to Bellator and fight their hot commodity and AJ McKee, but then build to that fight. For example, let's say, let's just say, okay, this is going to be a really bad example, but this is the only thing that comes to my mind. You know how Henry is keeps talking. Let's say somehow he gets out of his contract. He goes to Bellator. Fight three times in the featherweight division and then build to that fight. Don't do it right away. Tease me a little bit. Because if you tease me, I'm going to want it more. But if you give it to me right away, I'm going to be like, oh, man. I, you didn't even build towards it. And then the fight, even if you build towards it and the fight's lackluster, you did your job because I was invested. I was invested because you teased me a little bit with other fights. But if you do it right away, that's not a good motto in my opinion. But yeah, tease me a little bit, please. But yeah, that's April 15th, man. And the last time I spoke to AJ's manager, nothing's changed. It's going to be the first fight of three under the, the champion's clause. If he wins... Like, he's betting on himself because if he wins, he's getting, he gets more power. If he loses, he loses all his power. Because even if he loses, right, he becomes a free agent, but his value is lost because he's coming off of a loss. Whereas if he wins and he says, okay, I'm going to go see if the grass is greener on the other side. That's why I said, if you win, especially if you run through him again, sit back, relax until the end of June, and then... See where the heat is at. They're probably going to put the heat on him way before that. But Dana, I'm telling you, if you get a chance, you better sign AJ. That dude's the real deal. And then the co-main event, Corey Anderson versus Vadim Nenkov. Dude, that's a great fight. Like, I'm ready. I'm, re I'm going to be honest with you. If this was a pay-per-view card, I probably would have forked up the money to watch it because of how excited I am for these two fights and Aaron Pico always brings it man he always brings it to Caitlin Chukagian so okay Caitlin Chukagian re-signed with um, the UFC and now they're announcing that Caitlin will fight Amanda Hibas on May 14th and that May 14th event is the reschedulement of Jan Brockovich versus Alexander Rakic. Um, the only thing that 
upsets me about this is that Amanda Hebas, this is going to be at Flyway, right? So I'm, Amanda Hebas is nine. At straw weight, and you're gonna go in and fight the number two girl in your debut. Okay, but it's because she was gonna fight Michelle. Well, okay, now I'm a little less upset, but she was gonna fight Michelle Watterson, but Michelle Watterson got injured, so they offered her that fight. She probably said, Hell yeah, let's do it, bro. So there's that. Um, again, with the MMA landscape being bleak right now because of no fight, there's no point in doing, um, matchmaker. Do I have anything else in my notes? If Hamza wins, you either give him the winner of Vicente Luque and Bulal Muhammad or... Title shot, like, and it, but it also depends, right? Because there, the rumor is that Usman's gonna fight Edwards in July, and I don't know if that guy's willing to wait that long to fight because let's say he runs through Gilbert, and that's a big if. You think he's gonna want to wait until almost October to fight again? I don't think so. So we got to wait and see what happens, man. But that's all I got for you guys. Enjoy the fights this weekend. Remember to follow me, Punch in the Mouth Official on Instagram and official underscore P-I-T-M. All right, deuces, guys.